0: How true the words in our readings of this day. What have we treasured the most? What have we stored up the most? St. Paul says in the reading, God is in all for all. And if we read two Sundays ago, we hear St. Paul saying also, Christ is in you. Christ is in you there is our treasure there is our guide to a life a blessed life with God our treasure is himself the one that gave us life we came into the world with nothing and we go back to the world back to God with nothing except the little bag that we carry in my mind of all the good works we have done in our lives the blessings we have been to other people. The times that we have reached out in service and in love. And if we look at the life of Jesus, those two words are what he lived. And he, when I read the readings and I reflected on my own life, on how I tried to be faithful to the word of the Lord, to love and to be of service, I, I couldn't help but reflect back to the Philippines which as I mentioned to you that I have been there, I labored there, I worked there, I was assigned there for 22 years. After ordination, I was sent back to the Philippines. And in my first nine years in the parish, it was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. It was a time to really put into fruit, to put into abundance of 30, 60, 100 fold what God had given me. In my own life. I thought going to the Philippines was relatively easy. When I was uh, asked by my superiors, where would you like to go in mission? Well my neighborhood in Hawaii, I'm from the big island of Hawaii, the volcanic island. My neighbors are all Japanese and Filipinos. I'm Portuguese because that was a third group in that community. And so I began to reflect, shall I go to Japan? Shall I go to the Philippines? Then I asked my superiors, how long does it take to learn the Japanese language? (laughs) He smiled, he says, two years plus. And how much the Philippine language? Six months. Ah, I know where I'm going. (laughs) So I went to the Philippines, and for me it was a time of an awareness, of wonder. I had to learn a new language, a new culture, new foods to eat, and be very conscious of my own health in the process. Because sometimes when you're too overzealous, you do things that all of a sudden, oops, amoebic dysentery. So you'd have to be very careful. But anyway, I did learn the language, but not very good. I I struggled in the language. In fact, one time when I was uh, giving a, a talk, the priest invited me. And uh, he said, the word to help one another is pagtinabangai. So I thought I was using the correct word. So I got up in the pulpit. I was giving my talk. And all of a sudden, I used the word pagtinabangai. Everybody laughed. And I said, where did I go wrong? What, what, what? Well, pagtinabai means, Father, when will we elope? All the, I was a young priest. All the girls, they were like, ooh, ooh, ooh. It was a wonderful time to, to learn, and I struggled. I continued to struggle in the parish. But something happened in uh, a short time after over a year in the parish. One morning I got up, and I said to myself, imagine. I dreamt in the language. From that moment on, I did not have to translate anything from English into the scion, the southern language. It came to me. I could give extemporaneous talks. I could give homilies. All I needed was an outline in my head, and it would come out. And it was, it was a moment of metanoia, a moment of understanding, and gratitude to God for blessing me. And so my next years in the parish were wonderful. We had 54 small Christian community villages and there were two priests and we could only visit the villages three times a year for mass and sacraments because there was only one road into the town it was located in, in the very easternmost part of the Philippines on the island of Mindanao very rural there was only one Jeep that came left in the morning to go to the capital town four and a half hours away, 22 rivers to cross. And then in the afternoon, that jeep would return. So one out and one in, and that's it. And because there was only one road, everything else was hiking. The only blessing that I got from hiking was that in the early days, I was a little bit potty. I I needed to lose weight. And so hiking could be an hour, could be seven hours, but it was a time of awareness, of joy, and when I would go to the, the communities, it, a, a welcoming uh, presence every time. And when I would arrive the first time, they would say, Father, uh, have you eaten? I says, no, not yet, and all of a sudden, somebody is rushing in with a plate of biscuits. Oh, what would you like to drink, Father? Knowing the situation of water and for me. I said, can I have uh, boiled water? And I would pop out my little condensed milk. I like milk. So I would make water is safe now and with a little milk, and that was my snack. And the people got used to me and milk. So whenever I went afterwards, they would always have milk for me. And my assistant, uh, Marinoler, when he would go to the barrio, they would offer him milk oh, Father Clyde like milk, you probably like milk too. The first few times he, di- he drank it, then he says, is there something else? And they would say, Father, what would you like? Beer. <laughs> so now what happened was that they wanted to know who was coming, Father Clyde and milk or Father Bill and beer. So it was just a, but the first three years it was like that. It was a joy. And the rest of my time was a joy. But something happened to me that allowed me to see through the eyes of Christ, to allow me to see what mission is all about, what it means to be a priest. And so I, after the my, my beginning of my fourth year, I went up to the, the mountains, it was basically lowland ministry and, and parishes of community chapels and the highland ministry, the mountains. The the mountains were the indigenous. And that was also another problem that I had. But I tried to be the do the best I could in their indigenous language. And so the ministry began. And then when I would arrive at the upper land in the mountains, when I would arrive in a parish, the first thing you would see is that the children would be running out of their homes because someone said, Father's here. The children would be running. Next the parents and then the leaders. And we'd all kind of meet in the chapel above their village. Usually it was above their village. I don't know why, but it was above their village. And so we would sit down and have a milk and biscuits and a talk. And then I would go down and I would go into their, their uh, for the evening, I would spend a night with them, with supper. The next morning we celebrate liturgy, mass, baptisms. And so it was a wonderful time for me. But something happened. In my fourth year there, I went to the villages as I normally do and I got there thinking that I would be greeted by the children and their parents and the leaders. But when I got to the chapel on the top of the hill, there was nobody. Very few children came out of their homes. Their parents came out and the leaders came out. And so I said to the leaders after a while, what, what happened? Because he had a drawn face, very sad. And he said, Father, while you were not here, in your absence, 23 children of the villages died of measles. And I says, measles? That's a childhood disease. I had it when I was five years old, six years old. But, there were no health workers that would ever dare go into the mountains. Their limit was the poblacion, the city center. And so I felt sad for them. And I went on to hear more about the, 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 the grieving families and, 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 and how they were trying to deal with it as a communities up in the mountains. And, and it, was, it was difficult for me. You know, I can accept, you know, someone that have a full life and then goes to the Lord. But I still have, even to this day, a problem with a child death. Life has not begun yet. And so I had liturgy with the community, went back to the rectory, and for several days my prayer life was affected. You've heard the thing, dry prayer. I was praying, but I was already no satisfaction. My mind was on those children that had died. And I kept going day after day. And uh, last Sunday we heard the gospel, knock and it shall be opened to you. I was at my low point. As a priest, I could say mass, I could do baptism, I could do weddings, funerals, I could do the liturgical stuff. But as a priest now, I was also challenged, how will I, my heart, touch the hearts of others in most in need? And one of the greatest was health needs. And that's when I kind of threw my hands up in the air. Lord, you got to give me a sign. And it came. When I allowed myself to reach that low ebb, the Lord touched me and it came into my mind. Why not build a parish clinic to meet the health needs of my parishioners? 25,000 souls in the parish. 98% Catholic. 1% 1% animist, 1% Protestant. And so I, uh, we had a Catholic school attached to the church, and I asked uh, the four religious sisters there, and one happened to be a nurse. I said, sister, the nurse, uh, what, do you, what do you think about my plan? She says to me, I'll be your nurse. And so we went to the doctor in town, a Catholic doctor, that had come with the Canadian missionaries when he was a young doctor. He had got married and, f- and had a family there. And so I went to the doctor and I presented and he said, I'll be your doctor. Free of charge. Pro bono. Because this is the church and that's why I came to do. To help the poor. To help those in most in need in the health ministry. He was a doctor. And so I decided to make, draw plans with the doctor and with the sister and the, and the principal of the school says, Father, let me help too. We're not using our home economics building, it's yours. Build your clinic there. And so I went back and I wrote to my, my Marino Society, I wrote to my sponsors and benefactors, I wrote to my family, can you help? And within a few months, I got $5,000 and translated into pesos, a lot of pesos. I was not intent on beautifying the home economics building. We built seven beds of bamboo. My emphasis, my focus was on filling the shelves with medicines, on recommendation of the doctor and the sister, and so it happened. We went to the capital town, sister and I. We bought all the medicines we needed. We put it all together. and Then we announced to the parish, the clinic, the parish clinic was open. And then it was for the next several years, while there, the last five years of my nine years, it was a joy just to watch the people from the farthest ends of the parish coming with their sick, whether it be their parents or grandparents, whether it be their children or relatives, they would bring them down carrying them a bamboo and like with a blanket and the, the sick was in the blanket there being carried down. And so I watched that and people were, were touched by that. And the thing that touched me was that when they were ready to go home, they would come to the rectory, knock on the door, and say, "Father, uh, we want to, uh, Father, ania kami Sapag sulti kanimo, salamat sa imong kanamo." In English, we have come here, Father, to thank you for what you have done for us. And they would turn around and walk down that gravel road through the through the town back to their villages that for me was a real eye opener God knocking on our hearts and opening our hearts to other things love and service and so it happened and then sister came to me a few people came to me and said father parish clinic that's still blah can we name it something else and I said well this clinic is the fruit and blessing of the 23 angels before the Lord, the 23 children. And so the parish clinic will be known as Santo Nino Parish Clinic, the child Jesus. And that is what I share with you. And I'm with Mary Knoll, as you know, uh, and that is what we do in mission as Marynolers. And my task today is to invite you, hopefully have inspired you, to join me and my fellow Marinolers in mission. And you will notice that you say, how, Father, can we join you? How can we support you? How can we help missionaries in Africa, Latin America, and in Asia? And you will notice on the side of your pew, on on the corners, this yellow envelope. This is how we support ourselves. We are the Catholic Foreign Mission Society of America. We represent you in mission. And it's a joy always to be in mission in your name. And so if you'd like to give a donation uh, to Knoll, if you're writing a check, just make it out to Maryknoll Fathers, and we will receive it, and we will acknowledge it. And if you say, Father, you know, the Lord has blessed me and my family. And I can give a little bit more monthly or every, every other month or six, twice a year. Here you just put your name and your address and says, while I can, I'd like to offer this amount as a continuing mission response to help others that need help. And so just uh, drop it in the collection of today and we'll get it. And we'll acknowledge you. And if you say, Father, you know, uh, Tell me more. We are Marino priests, Marino sisters, Marino brothers, Marino lay missionaries, and Marino affiliates. All in the service of the Lord, scattered throughout the world. And hopefully, uh, if you want more information in the back, it has for all, more information about our ministries. And also a prayer list, if you would like to re- us to remember you and your families and your intentions. And the way that we are accountable to you so that we have stewardship, accountability of what you share with us, I'd like to invite you to take home a Marino magazine. This is how we share with you our work overseas of what you have helped us with in order to be a presence of as, a, as another Christ in love and service to our brothers and sisters around the world. Take one home. It's in the back of the of the church, take one home and read our stories of Marino priests and brothers and sisters, lay missionaries and affiliates. And so that's why I'm here. I'm here hopefully to inspire you and letting you know that there are many marvelous things being done in the name of the Lord, in the name of the church. And I invite you to hopefully, we together can respond. The readings was about vanity of vanities. Our vanity are two words, love and service, the two things that motivated and drove Jesus, the Son of God, to service and love of one another and inspired us. So as we finished, like uh, when I finished in Hawaii, I always use the words uh, Mahalo Nuiloa. Thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support, and may God bless each and every one of your families. God bless.